Coming to you from behind the craziest socialist lines of the Pacific Northwest, local and national news talk and opinions, this is the Behind the Line podcast. So a group of scientists have submitted a FOIA request to the FDA for the Pfizer vaccine data, and the FDA is saying it's going to take 55 years to release the information. This is a story from Reuters. A team of scientists and professors want to publish the data behind the federal government's approval of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. There's just one problem. The FDA says it will take decades to process the paperwork. FDA officials say it will take 55 years to release that data because the request is 329,000 pages. Those seeking the info include a group of more than 30 professors and scientists from universities, including Yale, Harvard, and UCLA. At the center of it all is the group Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. They argue that making the Pfizer vaccine information public could help reassure vaccine skeptics that the shot is safe. Well, holding on to it for 55 years sure doesn't make it look safe, does it? It's just one more thing to make this whole deal questionable. These are people on the fence about getting vaccinated because they don't feel the vaccines are safe, and I'm quite convinced that this is all going to be very reassuring data. But if you wait and you say it's going to take too long, that creates suspicion. No kidding, said Dr. Monica Gandhi an infectious disease physician. Attorneys for the group say, given the vaccine's public interest, the FDA should have been preparing to release the data simultaneously with the licensing. To meet the plaintiff's proposed 108-day deadline, the agency would have to release 80,000 pages a month, which is not likely. A federal judge in Texas will consider the timeline for processing the documents during a hearing next month. So... According to the law, a federal government FOIA request has to be responded to uh, within 20 business days, and uh, that does not mean they have to deliver the records within a 20-day time period. And the time period does not begin until the proper agency or office actually receives your request. Furthermore, under the new... This was a 2007 FOIA amendment. The agency may exceed the 20-day time limit if it needs to request more time or more information from you in order to process your request. But uh, 55 years, that's unacceptable. That's not a reasonable amount of time. To, for them to release that information. The fact that they're going to hold on to it for that long just makes it look like they're trying to hide something. Uh, they could at least release, you know, some kind of summary or the basics or something. But they're not helping the situation at all. Hopefully the judge overseeing that case does not go along with the 55-year request and puts in something a little more reasonable. I know government workers are slow, but that's ridiculous. 
a former White House doctor says there was a lot missing from President Joe Biden's first routine physical as a nation's leader, including a cognitive examination. And that's because the current White House physician didn't want to re reveal the answers those tests could have determined. That's his approach right now, not to ask the question that he doesn't want the answers to, said the Texas Republican. Who was the White House doctor from when former President Trump and Barack Obama were in office? They know that if they gave him a cognitive test, that he would have failed miserably. And then they would have had to explain that away somehow. Dr. Kevin O'Connor, the current White House physician, reported that after last week's routine physical, the president was determined to be a healthy, vigorous 78-year-old man who was fit for the duties and the job of the presidency. O'Connor has been Biden's primary care physician since 2009, including when he was vice president under Obama. Cognitive testing, Jackson said, deals with several areas and is a screening tool that looks for a decline that could be occurring for any reason, including Alzheimer's disease, dementia, Parkinson's disease, or other issues. Something like that should have definitely been included in his physical exam, and it was purposely left out, said Jackson. I don't trust the medical team that's taking care of him right now to tell us the truth anyway, but I think they purposely left this one out. <clears throat> Biden turned 79 on Saturday, make him now the oldest president to hold office, but the report of his physical exam contains six pages of stuff that most people just don't care about, said Jackson. Well, I think we all know President Biden's cognitive situation, and it's not good. The guy can't remember anything. He doesn't know where he is half the time. It, uh... It's pretty obvious if you're paying attention. Anybody that's had elderly people in their family and watched them get older and seen them get dementia or Alzheimer's can see what's going on with the president. It's sad. It's an embarrassment. And he should not be in the position of power that he is. It makes the country weak. It makes us look weak. And he's saying he's going to run in 2024 again. Pretty sure he said during his uh, running for president that uh, he would only be a president for one term. So I wonder what's changed and why the Democratic Party would support him when he's got such low, low approval numbers. Politico came out with a poll that shows Trump wins back a bunch of the states that he lost during the election and that he would beat Joe Biden in a new election. So, I don't know, I guess uh, Biden can just keep looking like an idiot and making all these mistakes. And, you know, we'll just watch inflation skyrocket until 2024 and then nobody's going to want him back in office, so... I guess that'll be a win for the Republicans, but it's going to be a long three years before we get to that point. It's kind of scary to think how much damage is going to be done in that time period before things can be changed and if it can even be reversed at that point. Well, here's something you're not going to hear about on American media. This is a report from the BBC. COVID, huge protests across Europe over new restrictions. This was on November 20th. 
Tens of thousands of people have been marching in the Belgian capital, Brussels, to protect against anti-COVID measures. Some protesters threw fireworks at police officers who intervened with tear gas and a water cannon. Demonstrators are mainly opposed to the use of COVID passes, which stops the unvaccinated from entering venues such as restaurants or bars. This comes after a after fresh protests in the Netherlands against new lockdown rules. And the thing about their COVID pass also is that they accept uh, natural immunity as a, you can put that on your COVID pass and use it to get into places. We, we can't even do that here in the U.S. They don't accept natural immunity. It's either vaccine or nothing on the COVID pass. Uh, you can have a, in some places you can have a negative test, but that's only good for 72 hours. So it's really worthless. On Saturday, people hurled fireworks at police and set fire to bicycles in The Hague. One night after protests in Rotterdam turned violent and police fired gunshots, thousands of demonstrators also took to the streets in Austria, Croatia, and Italy as anger mounted over new curbs. In Belgium, rules on face masks have been tightened, including in places such as restaurants where COVID passes are already required, and most Belgians will also have to work from home four days a week until mid-December. There are also plans to make vaccinations for healthcare workers compulsory. Earlier, the World Health Organization said it was very worried about rising coronavirus cases on the continent. Its regional director, Dr. Hans Klug, told the BBC that unless measures were tightened across Europe, half a million more deaths could be recorded by next spring. COVID-19 has become, once again, the number one cause of mortality in our re region, he said, adding, we know what needs to be done in order to fight the virus, such as getting vaccinated, wearing masks, and using COVID passes. Many governments across the continent are bringing in new restrictions to try to tackle rising infections. A number of countries have recently reported record high daily case numbers, demonstrations, and unrest. In the Netherlands, a second night of riots broke out on Saturday in several towns and cities. Hooded rioters set fire to bicycles in The Hague as riot police used horses, dogs, and batons to chase the crowds away. Officials announced an emergency order in the city and at least seven people were arrested. Police said a rock was thrown through the window of an ambulance carrying a patient. Officers in the city tweeted that five police officers were injured with one taken away by ambulance with a knee injury. Elsewhere in the country, two top-flight football matches were briefly halted after supporters broke into the grounds and ran onto the pitch. Fans are currently banned from stadiums because of new coronavirus rules. The unrest followed a night of riots in Rotterdam, condemned by the city's mayor as an orgy of violence. Police fired warning shots and direct shots because the situation was life-threatening, a police spokesman told Reuters. At least three demonstrators are receiving hospital treatment for gunshot wounds, officers said. Authorities have launched an investigation. The Netherlands imposed a three-week partial lockdown last weekend after recording a record spike in COVID cases. Bars and restaurants must close at 8 p.m. and crowds are banned at sports events. Tens of thousands of people protested in Austria's capital, Vienna, after the government announced a new national lockdown and plans to make jabs compulsory in February 2022. It is the first European country to make vaccination a legal requirement. 
brandishing national flags and banners, reading freedom, protesters shouted resistance and booed the police. The country will enter a 20-day nationwide lockdown from Monday, shutting all essential shops and ordering people to work from home. The mandatory vaccinations have been described as a double-edged sword by Andrea Ammon, director for the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. She told the BBC's Andrew Marr that these strict rules could make people who are still doubting the vaccine but not fully rejecting it completely turn away from it. In Croatia, thousands marched in the capital, Zagreb, to show their anger at mandatory vaccinations for public sector workers, while in Italy, a few thousand protesters gathered at the ancient Circus Maximus chariot racing ground in Rome to oppose Green Pass certificates required at workplaces, venues, and on public transport. French authorities are sending dozens more police officers to quell unrest on the Caribbean island of Guadeloupe, a French overseas department. Overnight riots saw looters ransack dozens of shops and set businesses alight after protests against France's own COVID pass turned violent. Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin said the sum, that some involved in the unrest used live ammunition against law enforcement and promised a firm response to those committing public disorder. The UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid said there are no plans to change travel rules between the UK and Germany at the moment in view of the rising number of cases there. He said this was because Germany was dealing with the Delta variant. We have Delta here already. I'm not sure there is much benefit in having more rules, but we do keep an eye out for any potential new variants, he told Andrew Marr. It's interesting to me that Europeans are fighting back, but Americans are just rolling over and taking it. Europeans aren't even under, in most places, as strict of rules as we are in the U.S. in many places, like the West Coast, for instance. Uh, you know, we have to have uh, vaccination. We have to pr provide proof of vaccination status in Seattle, many places in California. And... Like I said, the natural immunity is completely ignored here. They uh, don't care. And, you know, it's the same in a lot of other big blue cities across the U.S. Chicago, New York, all requiring proof of vaccination, uh, vaccine requirements for public sector employees, government employees, and no natural immunity is recognized. They recognize that in Europe, and yet... These people are still this upset over it, as, as we should be. This is the kind of thing we should be seeing around the U.S., but we just sit here quietly and take it, do as we're told. What happened to us as Americans? I guess the brainwashing is mostly complete. And this is breaking news. More bad news on the COVID front. As of yesterday, Thanksgiving, Thursday, November 25th, South African scientists detect a new vari virus variant amid a spike. Johannesburg, this is from the AP. A new coronavirus variant has been detected in South Africa that scientists say 
is a concern because of its high number of mutations and rapid spread among young people. The country's most populous province is currently experiencing this, Health Minister Joe Fala said Thursday. The coronavirus evolves as it spreads, and and many new variants, including those with worrying mutations, often just die out. Scientists monitor for possible changes that could be more transmissible or deadly, but sorting out whether new variants will have a public health impact can take time. South Africa has seen a dramatic rise in new infections, Fala said in an online press briefing. Over the last four or five days, there have been more of an exponential, exponential rise, he said, adding that the new variant appears to be driving the spike in cases. Scientists in South Africa are working to determine what percentage of the new cases have been caused by the new variant. Currently identified as B.1.1.529, the new variant has also been found in Botswana and Hong Kong in travelers from South Africa, he said. The World Health Organization's technical working group is to meet Friday to assess the new variant and may decide whether or not to give it a name from the Greek alphabet. The British government announced that it was banning flights from South Africa and five other South African countries effective at noon on Friday, and that anyone who had recently arrived from those countries would be asked to take a coronavirus test. UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid said there were concerns the new variant may be more transmissible than the dominant Delta strain and the vaccines that we currently have may be less effective against it. Yeah, I don't know where uh, or how they're coming up with that assumption so quickly. The new variant has a constellation of new mutations who said Tulio de Oliveira from the Network for Genomic Surveillance in South Africa who has tracked the spread of the Delta variant in the country. The very high number of mutations is a concern for predicted immune evasion and transmissibility, said D. Oliveria. This new variant has many, many more mutations, including more than 30 to the spike protein that affects transmissibility, he said. We can see that the variant is potentially spreading very fast. We do expect to start seeing pressure in the healthcare system in the next few days and weeks. D. Oliveria said that A team of scientists from seven South African universities is studying the variant. They have 100 whole genomes of it and expected to have many more in the next few days, he said. We are concerned by the jump in evolution in this variant, he said. The one piece of good news is that it can be detected by a PCR test. After a period of relatively low transmission in which South Africa recorded just over 200 new confirmed cases per day in the past week, the daily new cases rapidly increased to more than 1,200 on Wednesday. On Thursday, they jumped to 2,465. The first surge was in Pretoria and the surrounding Tashwan metropolitan area and appeared to be cluster outbreaks from student gatherings at universities in the area, said Health Minister Fala. Amid the rise in cases, scientists studied the genomic sequencing and discovered the new variant. This is clearly a variant that we must be very serious about, said Ravindra Gupta, professor of clinical microbi- microbi- microbiology at the University of Cambridge. 
It has a high number of spike mutations that could affect transmissibility and immune response. Gupta said scientists in South Africa need time to determine if the surge in new cases is attributable to the new variant. This is a high probability that this is the case, he said. South African scientists have done an incredible job of identifying this quickly and bringing it to the world's attention. South African officials have warned that a new resurgence was expected from mid-December to early January and had hoped to prepare for that by getting many more people vaccinated. About 41% of South Africa's adults have been vaccinated. The number of shots being given per day is relatively low. At less than 130,000, significantly below the government's target of 300,000 per day. South Africa currently has about 16.5 million doses of vaccines by Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson in the country and is expecting delivery of about 2.5 million more in the next week, according to Nicholas Crisp, Acting Director General of the National Health Department. We are getting in vaccines faster than we are using them at the moment, said Crisp. So for some, for, for some time now, we have been deferring deliveries, not decreasing orders, but just deferring our deliveries so that we don't accumulate and stockpile vaccines. South Africa, with a population of 60 million, has recorded more than 2.9 million COVID-19 cases, including more than 89,000 deaths. To date, the Delta variant remains by far the most infectious and has crowded out other once-worrying variants, including Alpha, Beta, and Mu. According to sequences submitted by countries worldwide to the world's biggest public database, more than 99% are Delta. So here comes the next big you're going to see a lot of activity, I think, from world governments over the next week or so where they're going to start acting like this is something to panic about and that we're going to have to start looking at more restrictions, maybe more lockdowns, who knows. If this thing is worse than Delta, which this article is making it out to be because of all the mutations and everything then I guarantee you we're going to be looking at more restrictions and probably more lockdowns, especially in these places that were already prone to this stuff. Uh, you know, the big blue cities, the West Coast, parts of the East Coast. This is never going to end. This is never going away. The vaccines are not going to defeat the coronavirus. This thing is like the flu, and it's going to be here forever. So either we accept this and live with it and move on, or we're going to be in a never-ending state of restrictions and lockdowns and panic. We just, we just can't do that. You know, what is the mortality rate with this new strain? If the mortality rate is the same as every other strain of COVID, which is around 1% or less, um, then we just need to accept this and move on with life because the world economy, our country's economies, cannot take much more of this. You throw another lockdown in and start shutting businesses down, uh, that's it. 
Like, the ones that made it through the last one, you know, barely made it. And now you're going to slap it again. We just have to accept this is part of life now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Behind the Line podcast at BehindTheLinePodcast.com. If you liked this, I hope you will like, share, and subscribe to our channel. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook at Behind the Line WA. You can find us on Twitter at Behind WA. You can also find us on Telegram and LinkedIn at Behind the Line. And I'm on Rumble. Thanks again for listening, and I appreciate your support.